All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Huge episode. Lots of news. Jason Bourne rewatch is back. We've got a couple shows and documentaries that you guys need to be watching. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Doing well. I'm good, man. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, can't wait to pod with you guys. Lots to talk about. Lots of news. We're back to the, oh my God, that's Jason Bourne rewatch. <laughs> well delivered. And uh, we got a lot of those great moments in this last movie. We did. And we have some uh, hot wrecks for you guys. Um, so we're going to dive into this episode. But before we do, we need you to take out your phone. We need you to stop driving, pull over to the side of the road, pull up Instagram, give us a follow on Instagram, go to Twitter, give us a follow on Twitter, both of those at Nordy's Podcast. Also, uh, anywhere you get podcasts from, pull up the Nordy's Podcast, subscribe, get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Twice. And if you're pulled over on like 35W, um, thanks for listening to us. Make sure you put on your flashers and be careful merging back in. Thanks for following. I mean, realis- realistically, what you should do is is be like, hey, Siri, subscribe me to the Nordy's Podcast. And Does then that just work? let it sort of... No, I don't know, but like, or, or remind remind me at at eight p.m. to subscribe to the Nordy's podcast, as opposed to like pulling over on thirty five, which can be a little bit dangerous. But if you're on some side streets, that's fine. Then you pull over. All right, guys, uh, we are drinking some beers. What are you having, Ryan? I am drinking through the wire. I saw some posts for this. I think maybe Jimbo, you put something up, or Eric, you did. Um, it's a collab with Blackstack and Randy's Alt Culture Pioneers. I'm not really sure what that is. I can tell but you in a minute. I really wish it we, is. Would have, we would have coordinated this better because that's what I'm going to drink in the second episode. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we did I'll have a I'll talk about it then, too. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. first time trying this beer, it's fantastic. I love this beer. Cool. I love Randy's- this beer. Randy's is like a is like a weed company. So they sell like uh, rolling papers and whatever. All the accoutrement you might need. If oh, you mean you mean that. tobacco papers. Exactly. For tobacco use only and then the Wanda right. winking meme, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I'm going to have to try that one. I have that in the fridge as well. I am drinking the new collab from three of my very favorite breweries in the entire world. I mean, maybe my three favorites. Like, I'm sure others are fighting to get in there. But, like, these are at the pinnacle, in my opinion. That's Fair State, Modest, and Black Sack. This one is the Dream Universe Hazy IPA number 755. Well, this those is the last lab from those three as well. This and is- then is that that's that's three Nordy winners of oh. four. Oh, I just, I love them. I love all of Dude. them. Great beer. Delicious. That's what I'm having as well. It is absolutely delicious. I love when these guys come together. Um, I'll say this. It's two of my top three and three of my top five, and I won't say which is which, but um, they're all just excellent, excellent breweries. Yeah. So we're going to be having that. You guys should go check that out. And now we are going to dive into Do We Care? Lots to talk about. First up, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, one of the most talented um, I don't know. I, I don't know if newcomer is a fair thing to say, but I think she's kind of um, really come onto the scene in the last few years. Uh, someone who everyone has interest in every project that she's doing and everything mm-hmm. she's touched has kind of turned to gold. Well, hopefully she can do that with Indiana Jones, a franchise that hasn't had a good movie since 1989. And uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones 5 is coming out 
with Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Okay, this was surprising news. I did not not know what to make of this when I heard. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, go watch Fleabag if you haven't. I know all, the three of us all have and loved it. Fleabag on Amazon is maybe the best original show they've ever done. Um, what the fuck is she gonna do? Is she's not I mean, gonna she's be gonna his, like. I mean, she's not gonna be another estranged child, right? Like, I mean, how many bastard children does Indiana Jones have? She's gonna be Marion or Kate Capshaw or. Um, maybe even, I don't know, maybe she would play a little bit of evil, like the, uh, the, I forget the, the blonde gal from last crusade. Like she's going to be the main female lead in whatever capacity they decide to go with. I, I guess I'm just kind of disappointed. They're rolling back with Harrison Ford again. Yeah. Well, they just, wanted, they, I think the plan was to have Shia LaBeouf, you know, kind of take on the mantle and have his own solo movies without Harrison Ford in them. But they fucked up that movie so bad that. Yeah, nobody has any interest in that. So they're uh, and he went off the deep end anyway. Like he was um, not going to be interested in doing another like major franchise after right. Transformers and Indiana Jones. I think he was done with all that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't say he's off the deep end. He is a weird dude, but he's still, still making movies. He just makes indie movies. So yeah, I, I sure. That, like you know, how James Bond is the perfect thing because James Bond is just like a role, even in the movie that anyone can be James Bond, and they keep having new James Bonds. Yes. I wish that they would figure a way to write that with Indiana Jones into the Indiana Jones story, where mm. the name Indiana Jones just became like this name of like a like a legendary explorer, and then they could just kind of pass it on to people. Um, I think that's a great idea, and I think it's too late. It is probably. Yeah, I was going to say three films ago, it would have been perfect. It, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if they they could, you know, they could do some some sneaky writing. It might not be perfect, but I just think that like I like the idea of Indiana Jones, and I for the most part, um, want more of it. Um, even though this last one, even without the aliens, I thought was a little outrageous. Mm -hmm. The aliens wasn't the part that's, that was weird, like stupid about it. Like aliens, dude, there's been fucking Catholic ghosts. I don't know. There's been super weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. There's been weird shit. There's been, you know, voodoo powers in the jungle. Um, I don't think it's that the aliens wasn't that weird. The rest of it was weird. The fucking swinging through the the jungle, going as fast as a jeep on vines, was weird. Yeah, that was as weird. a human. Yeah, surviving a nuclear blast in a fridge was weird. Like mm. that was the stuff that that was people rolled their eyes out. Okay. Well, the, and then the, the 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 magic dust flying into the one crate, you know, in the in the major warehouse. All, all of that was cringy and weird and strange. Yeah, and the aliens weren't even the problem. Yeah. So I think that um, I think that I'm hoping that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is playing. Hear me out on my whole my whole point first. I'm hoping she's playing a character that's mocking the damsel in distress role of past Indiana Jones movies. Ooh. Where she is um, almost mocking the past roles, and she's you know making fun of it while building this new powerful woman character at the same time, which I think she is going perfect for. She is hilarious. She is creative. Um, so that could be a little bit, sorry, that could be a little bit like how um, Star Wars rebooted Rey, where Finn was like trying to grab her hand and run. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm faster than you. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever, like the line was like, don't grab my hand. That's weird. Yeah, like, yeah. To, to kind of kill all those stereotypes. So I hope she does something like that. Um, and That's I, a great call. I think Harrison Ford would be great in, you know, 
kind of ending all of that stuff as well. I think they could have a lot of fun with it. So I guess that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Um, but like I said, I, I would really be excited if there was um, some new Indiana Jones um, on the way. Who, who would you guys choose to be Indiana Jones? Um, you know, I think three years ago I would have said Chris Pratt, but I'm kind of over him a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I, I think his charm is wearing off a tiny bit, kind of like Jennifer Lawrence's did, maybe. I don't know, Oscar Isaac, maybe? I really would like it to be Donald Glover. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, I just think he would be so great because it's not so much that you are like a – um, you're not have to be like this big burly tough guy. It's like your right. mind and your bravery is really the thing. And so, and know. just being charming as shit, yeah, which you can do. You would just be great. Yeah, I think he'd be good. Maybe I always pictured the Indiana Jones character as a little more grizzled. You know what I mean? Like a little more. Like Donald Glover is such a. I I, I don't mean this insensitively, but he's such a. He has kind of like a baby face a little mm-hmm. bit. He he looks very young, and that's not an insult to him and his talent. Um, but I just, I, I picture Indiana Jones as like an older professor, you know what I mean? And now they've taken that, they've, they've, they've taken that to the nth degree because now Harrison Ford is going to be like 80 by the time this movie comes out. So I want him him to be like, this is America, like big beard, Donald Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Shirtless. You want him shirtless most of the time. I I want him dancing. If you just like in the video. If you remember the early Indiana Jones movies, uh, Indy was shirtless a lot. And boy, oh boy, was Harrison Ford good looking. Wow, was he handsome. Yeah, <laughs> He's on screen and I was like, whoa, Harrison Ford. I am a straight man, but geez, he is extremely handsome. So yeah, yeah that's fine. Shirt off, cool with me. Yeah. I was thinking let's more just, like if, look, you, look, if you... Ryan, let's just be quiet for a second and just let this be awkward for a second. Yeah. Just let him just swallow let it. this. <laughs> Let it marinate. No, I agree. I was thinking uh, somebody like, uh, like maybe like an aged up a little bit, like Chris Pine was something I was picturing. Chris, but he's, yeah, he, Chris Pine for sure. That's great. But he's already he's already Captain Kirk. So so what? I can't really. Yeah. You think they yeah. said? Oh, he's, you think they ever said Harrison Harrison Ford's already um, Han like Solo? Solo? Yeah. Like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. For it. All right. Um, next up, Godzilla versus Kong director is going to do Thundercats. Yeah, live action Thundercats. Get the prosthetics out, boys. We're gonna have it's gonna to be interesting. People, it's gonna be a lot of CG. Uh, yeah. Thundercats was a high quality, but I mean, if you could do if you could do mutants in the X Men universe, I think you could do Thundercats. Um, the, I think the problem is it's just a it's a far less well known cartoon than X Men by by a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I I don't know if they came from comic books. They might have, but it might have been like you know, like Japanese, you know, or, or some sort of like Asian comics that, that didn't really like make it to America as prominently as, you know, the DC and right. uh, Marvel stuff did. So um, yeah, Thundercats are like, you know, they got everything. They got their leader. They've got the the female, the strong female. They've got the the Donatello of, of the group, the smart guy that figures out everything who wears like glasses um, and they've got special powers. I don't know if this is going to translate really well to like a live action uh, film that well yeah honestly i don't know anything i don't know much about it i know that they look silly and they're going to look silly um it's like i mean how many movies about cats can they make before they realize they all fucking suck like um that movie was that movie called cats like yeah cats like so creepy did you guys ever see the butthole cut no they had to like redo they had to like redo a bunch of it because they had to take out the buttholes 
and they they removed all the buttholes and then they put them back for people on the internet. I think it was like done by okay. somebody else. I know we can stop talking about cat buttholes, but that movie was incredibly creepy. I'm not going to watch it, and I don't. I think I probably will end up watching this. Of course, they picked this dude from Godzilla because that movie was 90% CG, and so is this going to be. So he's good with that. It, it might be fun if they do it tongue in cheek and it's like funny and goofy, and they know it's like silly. Then it could be could be good. Like Sonic. Sonic was like a perfect tone. Like I don't know if you guys watched that movie, the kids movie. No. I didn't. It was great. Oh, I can't believe, dude. Don't. It's great. Don't shit on it. I just want to know where I can stream this cast movie. <laughs> I'll send you the butthole cut. I got it. Send you the butthole cut. I had to download it on LimeWire, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Annie Murphy is joining Russian Doll uh, for season two. I don't know who Andy Murphy is. Yes, you do. Where and right are from? Because you watched all of Shit's Creek and hated every second of it. Oh, he's like, she's the sister. Okay. So I, I loved Russian Doll. I didn't. I stopped halfway through. You didn't finish Russian Doll? No, not even close. I was like, nope, out, boring. Really? Yeah. Ryan, did you? Oh yeah, that's when it got good. Was yeah. like, that's when it really started to pick up. I'm just really surprised by that, Eric. I really loved it. I thought it was great. It was captivating. Um, and Natasha, what's her name? Natasha Leone, something like that. She's fantastic. So I don't know. I don't really like Shit's Creek, and I didn't really like Annie's Annie Murphy's character in it, but I'm sure this will be totally different for her and probably be awesome. Oof, I don't care. I care. I'm into I care it. a lot. I just care. I, I just want more Russian doll. Like give yeah. me give me all of it. It's coming. They're filming it right now. There's like I posted a, a super awesome like behind the scenes, you know, set photograph of the two of them. They just look so so cool. It's gonna be good. If you guys love season two, I'll go back and watch it all. Okay. I mean Deal. it's kind of like um Barry. Like if you guys get to a point at the end of season two where you're like, all right, you really have to go watch it, then I'll go watch the thing. Like you did with Barry. I mean you yeah. Mm-hmm. You you have like two hours left, but I guess now you got to rewatch the whole thing. So anyway, let's move on. Okay, um, those who wish me dead. The trailer dropped. Barter, why should we care about that? Okay, so you know we don't we don't plug a lot of like action espionage, you know, shoot 'em up flicks on here too often. But as part of our mantra that we've talked about so many times, you, we like to follow the writers and directors because mm-hmm. they're the ones that make the most noise on things that you know might fly under the radar. Right. And so Those Who Wish Me Dead is the latest uh, screenplay from Taylor Sheridan. You may remember him from such films as um, Sicario. He wrote uh, Hell or High Water. He wrote um, Wind River. He wrote, and those are three absolute banger movies. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I, I mean, they're just, I mean, Sicario directed by Denis is, is probably my favorite movie ever. Yeah, you um, said that the other day. I was surprised. Heller High, Heller High Water is fantastic. Um, just a wonderful movie. Well, not wonderful. It's yeah. horrible, but a great movie. Great, well done. Yeah, so he writes this is, really brutal stuff, like gritty, realistic, moody, Western vibe because it's minimal. There's not a lot of dialogue. Um, he's got a very cool style, and I'm excited for this and, one. I, do you know who's going to be in it? Do you know anything else about it? Angelina Jolie is, oh. the, is the lead. Um, John Bernthal um, is in it as well. And then probably some other, you know, they they spent money at the top and then probably a bunch of other, you know, kind of maybe no names and stuff like that. So um, yeah. it, 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 it's a it's a combination of like she's a, a forest firefighter and a young boy uh, has witnessed the trailer. The mur- OK, this is this. yeah witnessed the murder of his father. So like I think it like the premise is cool and I like to follow, you know, someone who's on this level of writing quality films. So. Mm-hmm. 
It's sort of, or it's sort of like uh, who's the guy that did uh, Ex Machina and Garland, Annihilation? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah Garland. Like, like, you, you kind of follow stuff that that fits your bill. Yeah, you're gonna pay attention to their next project. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I care. You made me care. I'm Angelina Jolie, though. I can't believe she's still making stuff. She's washed as hell, isn't she? Very much so. I don't even know what the last thing she made that was good was. She made Salt, and that was bad. And that was years ago. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, maybe? That was pretty good. I like that movie. <laughs> Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Under the radar. <laughs> I like that movie. movie. Okay, here we go. We're diving in. Angelina Jolie. Here we go. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, boy. Pop quiz, asshole. Let's do it. Are you prepared for this? Yeah, always. Okay, here we go. Filmography. As an actress, she goes all the way back to 1982, but we're not going to go there because I don't really know any of these things. They're all shorts. The first thing she's in, 1995's Hacker. Oh, Great. hell yeah. Still in 95. That, movie, that came out like the same time as as um The Net. Remember The Net with Sandy with Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Both probably trash movies if you try to rewatch them, but anyways. Still in 95, without evidence. Um... 96. You could skip to like the late 90s because nothing she's done is recognizable. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, late 90s, she does Hell's Kitchen, playing by heart. Never heard. And nope. Bow Collector. Girl in Bow the- Collector. Yeah. Bow Collector was important because that was a, uh, is that John Grisham? Mm. Um, but it was like a, like Denzel was in it and she was like a lead detective and it was oh, pretty yeah. solid. Oh, yeah. No, that's that, like those books. I don't think it's Grisham. It's somebody else, but it's, it's like Grisham. the Spiderweb series or whatever. Like, anyways, go ahead. What else? I, I'm not impressed by anything yet. Uh, 2000, she does Gone in 60 Seconds. Fantastic hey, movie. That's a fucking great movie. I didn't even know that she was in it. Banger. Okay. Then she does um, Original Sin and Laura Croft Tomb Raider in 2001. <laughs> so bad. Um, she does... Beyond Borders, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and Alexander. Um, she has okay. a massive streak where from 2005, uh, to 1999 to 2005, she has one fresh movie, and it's Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Oof. Wow. She's in Shark. Brutal. Uh, the Fever, Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 2005, which was a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the Good Shepherd, Beowulf, uh, A Mighty Heart, Changeling. Kung Fu Panda, Wanted, The Day After Peace, Salt was in 2010. The Tourist, Kung Fu Panda 2. This is rough. Yeah. In the Land of Blood and Honey, Unbroken, um, Maleficent. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, she's making those movies still. Yep. By the story. Okay, so overrated. Overrated. You Hold know on. what she is. Here's the last five years. Kung Fu Panda 3, The Breadwinner, uh, First They Killed My Father, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Serendipity, The One and Only Ivan, Come away, and then she's going to be in Eternals and Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh yeah, she's gonna be in. Oh, she's joining the MCU. That's right. I don't know if she has any good movies. <laughs> like <laughs> for real. Like I don't know if there's a more overrated actor or actress that I've ever we've ever gone through. Honestly, I think you're right. I think the reason she is so so famous is because she's John Voight's daughter. She's beautiful in a weird way. She never really did it for me that that much, but she's got a unique look. And then she did all the weird Billy Bob sex stuff and Brad Pitt. Yeah, and then she was were they married or? Yeah, married. Oh, yeah. Kids. Married for yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just find it weird. He's kind of larger than life, but definitely overrated as an actor. We didn't really find any movie that we were like, oh yeah, she was great in that. Gone in sixty seconds. Don't even remember Looks her role. But... Hackers, Gone in sixty seconds. She was sway, and then Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But other than that, yeah, there's a lot of lot of misses in there. Yeah, mostly. Do you guys like when I just drop these new? Uh ones on you guys of course right. of course okay good. that's what that's what we're here for we're here 
when people are parading around Northeast Minneapolis saying Angelina Jolie is a great actress, Mm -hmm. we give you the rebuttals to be the dick at the party that says that stuff. To give you the fuel. Right. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Aaron Rodgers did a two-week stint as the guest host of Jeopardy. He's looking to be the permanent host of Jeopardy. Um, Do you guys have any interest in that? I don't, and it should be LeVar Burton without question. Oh. The reading rainbow guy. Oh. He should be the host of Jeopardy moving forward. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers on the TV ever, like other than Sunday football. I want him to say final answer, but don't take my word for it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wow. What about Jeopardy? Um, that was great. I he looks really boring. Like I've seen some of the clips. He just is so monotone. I think they're the episodes are playing now. There was the funny kind of viral moment that like one of the the for final Jeopardy where you write the the question and then you wager. He said like he didn't know the answer, so the guy like wagered zero, but then put whose idea was it to kick that field goal, which was pretty good. That's great. I got a, a chuckle out of Aaron Rodgers, dude. I don't know. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers as a person. He's pretty likable. I hate Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Packers, and that's his his only sin in my book. Yeah, but he has no business being the host of Jeopardy. There's a million right. other people that could do it. There's and a I think people who it would do a lot more for them in their career than it would do for Aaron Rodgers' career. Exactly. Right. Aaron Rodgers right. is the perfect um, guest host on on it. Like he, you know, he did, but he's trying to make it work. So he wants to do it. Like legitimately wants to do it. And he's like, you know, they only film 40 days out of the year. I could do that between football. Um, it's a little silly. He's not going to get it. Call me out on that. All right. Um, do I, do we care? Uh, no, I don't watch Jeopardy. Don't care. Uh, next up, care. Star Trek movie comes out in 2023. Um, is this something that we should be excited about? I actually kind of like the Star Wars universe. Uh, Star Trek. Like, like, I said, yeah. like I said, I love Star Trek. <laughs> like <laughs> I said, I love the Star Wars universe. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I like Chris Pine in these movies, and I... I think I care. I'm I'm pretty excited to, to see more of these. Did you guys know that in my free time, my spare time, I have been watching the Discovery show on, on Paramount. Picard? Yeah, no, not that one. The, there's two of them. I'm watching the other one that has like, I don't know who the, I, I don't even know who the cast is. It's like, who is that, that black girl that was in uh, uh, Walking Dead? It's not, but not Michonne. Anyways, oh. she's the lead and she's pretty good. And I like... It's like got a pretty good budget. Like it's definitely a traditional Star Trek show, um, but I'm kind of into it. It's got Klingons. It's got the whole thing. They're scary. It's kind of awesome. Really? It's not really a wreck though. Like I'm just okay. watching it because I hate myself. I don't. You're, you're jumping. Not really, you're jumping but ahead. I just, not that good. So as far as this film goes, based on the article I have here on Collider, um, there was talk about uh, Chris Pine um, returning as Kirk. They say that that they don't know if that's possible. There was talk of Tarantino um, that seems unlikely. And then there was also a rumor that Noah Hawley was going to then pursue a Star Trek film. And that is probably out of the question as well. So I don't think we know much. I mean, we don't know anything about the show at this point, but it's apparently coming in two years. So they're going to have to pull off some sort of a, a casting miracle. Either that or they're just going to be like, ah, let's just roll it back with everyone else that we had before. And I think, that, was, I think oh. that would be fine. The cast I would assume. Good. I would assume JJ is going to be involved. Um, at least Bad Robot will be involved at, at you know in some capacity, just because they were the ones that had did had, had done the previous three. So yeah, I'm into it. I care. We don't know too much. I'm sure when we find out more, we'll update everyone. But uh, I'm into it. I care. I care. I care. I care, and I'm excited. And honestly, I think at some point we should rewatch the new Star Wars ones as we get closer to that because I kind of like Eric. Eric, you did Eric. it again. Eric. 
I obviously don't care that much, huh? You don't. I know. You're I pretending to care, care about that. I obviously don't care that much because my mind just goes to Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And Either that, or you're just you're just mentally checked out of this pod at this point. Let's get back cool. into it. Let's pay attention. Yeah, wake up. I think I like just get more excited about the actually interesting characters of Star Wars. All right, here we go. Yep. Sony movies are going to be coming to Netflix after their releases in some period of time. Um, this will be like the Spider Verse stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, be included. Yeah, what, what they got Morbius uh, with Jared Leto, which is probably going to be horrible. Um, Jared Leto is my least favorite actor. I think he might be mine too. He's my least favorite actor, so I'm really not looking forward to that movie. Yeah, um, God, he's gonna be he's gonna get to go full emo for this too, oh, which I'm not like, looking forward to. It. I just can't like to the nth, nth degree that like the costume people are gonna be like, "Hey, Jared, here's your costume." He's gonna be like, "No, not enough black eyeliner, and yeah. I want more blood." You know what I mean? Like he's just gonna like it's gonna look so stupid. Do you think that like for a shitty movie like like Sony's Morbius? Do you think that he like hung upside down in his trailer and stayed in character the whole time and drank blood and for sure because he's I that, hate that. Of, he's that kind of douchebag he's unbearable in character he drank only human blood for the past two months and he hissed at every person who tried to talk to him like it's just, <laughs> fucking hating he's such a loser oh, that kind of method acting bullshit is so unlikable like okay. if Daniel Day Lewis is doing it. Okay, the guy wins a, every time he do, he picks a role. He wins an Oscar. Jared Leto is never going to win. An Oscar. Is is method acting like Abraham Lincoln? Like yeah. he like, probably talked like Abraham Lincoln for a couple months. Jared Leto is being the Joker. Like get out of yeah. here! What a loser! Hate him! Can't stand him! And honestly, um, he is going to be just completely and totally unbearable in this. But it is coming to Netflix, and boy, oh boy, does Netflix need a win because I would say Netflix is like my fourth choice right now when it comes to streaming. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually interesting. One of the things that we didn't we didn't add to this was, and I didn't bother bringing it up, but since you talked about it now, it's, you know, uh, we can we can go ahead and open up this topic. Netflix has lost like 31% of the streaming market share in the last like six months. Wow. Just, just based on um, obviously Disney Plus, HBO Max, the list, Paramount Plus, the list goes on and on. Peacock, uh, you know, as far as the lower tier stuff, but I think Netflix uh, is desperate at this point to have something more consistent than Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they need they need a win. Um, and then what's the other one? Oh yeah, that Uncharted movie is going to be dropping on there too. So these movies are going to hit theaters, and then they're going to like do their theater run, and then they'll pop up onto onto Netflix, which is great. You know, we'll all have I'm sure we'll all still have Netflix at that time, but yeah, they need something. I think they're like distant at this point. Like every time I turn on Netflix, I'm like, ugh, there's nothing. Yep. And then like sometimes I'm like, should I force it with this like show that doesn't even look good? Yep. All right, guys. So it's time to move on to some of our hot wrecks from the week. Jim, you are still watching Invincible. Uh, is this something people should be checking out? I think so. I mean, it's kind of niche. Like, I guess if you liked, if you like the boys, this is that, but less entertaining, but also like way more consumable because it's like short and it's not that, you know, it's a cartoon, but it's really, really violent. And there's kind of some cool, like, you know, mystery going on and I'm kind of, I'm into it for the story to find out what the hell is going on with these superheroes. Um, I, it's a soft wreck. Uh, how about that? It's a tepid wreck. Check it out. Watch the first episode. I would say to anybody, watch the first episode because it ends with like a really, really crazy scene. And then give it a couple more and see if you like it. It's got an amazing voice cast. I went through it the other day. I mean, it's got talent behind it. 
Okay. I like it. I'm into it, but it's probably not going to be for everybody. I'll tell you that. All right, guys. So I did watch uh, Bad Trip. Yeah. And that was on Netflix. Okay. So there you go. Bravo Netflix. Um, You got an average movie. Yep. Um, I I think it's a wreck for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think it was a for sure wreck. It's just for fun. It was a lot of fun. I laughed a, a couple really good laughs. I mean, there were a few scenes that were hilarious. Right. Um, Seriously. I'm not like, like, like belly laugh out loud where you're almost in tears. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So I'm going to give the most uh, mild spoilers just so we can talk about a few things here. Um, just the very beginning and the opening picture when you turn it on is him getting his clothes vacuumed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like, is just one of the advertisements for it is that. So you know that that happens. It's how the movie starts. It's the first thing when you see the trailer. I thought that was so funny. That is a bit close that vacuumed off. Like that was <laughs> classic. But um, the zoo scene, which I'm going to say no more than the zoo scene. And um, we all know what you're talking about. Was just absolutely insane and so ridiculous and over the top. But the best part of the zoo scene <laughs> is when he says, Oh gosh, I forgot my cell phone. And he goes back. (laughs) (laughs) He goes back in. I can say, can I say my favorite scene without, and this really doesn't spoil it, the Chinese finger puzzle? Oh. The finger trap. (laughs) Or finger trap, yeah. Actually, you know, this movie was pretty damn funny because my favorite thing was the dream sequence. In the park with the, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> the dream sequence. Yes, he's like dreaming about what it'd be like to be with this perfect woman, and they're in a park, and she starts just like stealing shit, and she beats that <laughs> guy up. <laughs> And everyone, like, I mean, what the listeners need to know is that these are, oh. <laughs> like, jackass-like setups. So there's real people here reacting to this. You know, they're getting punked, essentially. Oh, God. You know what? That movie's a little bit better than I remember. That's good. I, I think it was it was some big misses, too. But, like, if it's a Tuesday night and you're like, what should we watch? You know, what, sh- what should I turn on tonight? What do I need to go through? Like, just throw it on. It was super inappropriate. It was funny. It was quick. It was like a nice middle of the week thing to watch. Well, like you said, like it, as as a, a, yeah, the tight 90 and as a jackass kind of ripoff, if you will, like not everything on jackass was comedy gold. Like right. at, at, there were, there were t- definitely times during skits where you're like, okay, can we, let's, let's move this one along. This is uh kind of funny, but not really working. And so, it, but anyway, they, they do move on pretty quickly. Like stuff doesn't linger to like an uncomfortable level most yep. of the time. All right, guys. Also, I did watch on your guys' recommendation, I think at least Barter's, um, HBO Max's Into the Storm, which was a six-part documentary on QAnon. And I thought, overall, I would say that it was absolutely awesome. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. It wonderful. I was so hooked. I was like, can I watch six episodes in a row? Like, I like... I gave it a good old try. I think I watched it in two or three nights. Um, if there's ever a slow moment, it's a, it's definitely a keep going. It was so good and interesting. Um, I thought it was, I thought it would have been really easy to mock people with this, but I don't think that's what he was really doing. I think nope. it was like being a really good, respectable journalist. And even like kind of some of the evil characters or like weird characters, I found myself having sympathy for just based on the relationships that he was developing with people mm. throughout the thing. So I thought wow. they, I thought he did such a great job putting this together. I thought he put his blood, sweat and tears into this for like four years for six episodes, which was just wild. And I thought it gave a really interesting look at what was happening in 
um, some right wing politics. And I'm not trying to say this as like a like a people are wrong or making fun of people thing either. I think that like everybody knows someone who's like conspiracy theorist person. And, uh, you know, I, I think instead of making fun of them, like it's kind of easy to do. You should try to understand kind of why um, they are headed in that direction. So I thought this was great. I think it was must watch. And I think you, no matter your politics, you could get something out of this and enjoy it. So I would definitely wreck into the storm. Um, Ianon, can we still make fun of him a little bit though? Oh, I mean, yeah, we should make fun of them. Okay, so. okay, cool, but, cool. Just checking. I thought, I thought that it was he was pretty respectful about how he was yeah. covering this. I thought he did a, a masterful job, and it was lighthearted at times. It was serious at times. It was sad at times, and I mean, he pretty much figures out who Q is, which was really well, he just he just lets them tell the story, right? Which which a good documentarian should do. He he doesn't. I don't feel like he put any spin on anything. He, no. he basically just would put cameras in front of people and say, tell me about this. And then they would go off on their weird tangents and he would film it for and you listen to that person talk for two, three minutes on this subject. And then he would be like, OK, and then because of that, I talked to this other person and here's their side of the story. And then they would explain things. And so he wasn't like asking like leading questions like, oh, why are you an idiot? and continue to do this stuff. He just just sort of like opened up the camera like you would to just like like almost like a therapist just to let these people uh speak candidly on camera for a large audience on HBO Max to talk about the shit that they're involved in and it's fucking wild. It, I mean it's beyond the pale on how silly and far this rabbit hole goes based on this anonymous person. And that's, well, that's all, all I'll right. say. I think I'm going to watch it. I wasn't going to. I didn't really want to give this group the time of day, but with two two strong wrecks now, I'll, I'll watch it. So like I said on uh, last week, it, this is not... This is not a like Eric said. It's it's not a making fun of them, and it's also not promoting them either. So don't. Oh, don't I don't think it is. I didn't, even, I, I didn't think it was, but <laughs> but it's it's so well done that you'll get wrapped up in the whole thing quickly. And I thought it was eight episodes. It's only six, so it's not even it's not even that. You know, you save a couple hours on that. Okay, I'm into it. All right, guys. Finally, I'm so happy when I find a show that Eric likes. It's like uh, it's like once once a year I find something, and Eric's like, "Yeah, Barda is a good wreck." No, no, you got you got a lot, man. You bring a lot. You got you. I mean, I can think of Barry. You championed uh, Barry. Uh-huh. Um. Okay, that's it. No, there's other ones. Yeah, I would say it's, that like, it, it's like it's like one a year that I get yeah. Eric on, and I think this is you my know, one. You stuck with Chernobyl when I was going to quit, and I loved it in the end. You pushed Chernobyl. I, I, I thought you nailed it, Barter. I thought this was one of the best documentaries I've watched in some time. So it, you know why? Honest, honestly, you know why? It's because it's only six episodes. Um, yeah. If, if if they had made it eight and tried to stretch it, it wouldn't have worked. The the guy who made eight Chan, I can't think of his name, but the guy with the brittle bone, Fred. Fred. Wow, what a character that guy is. I mean, seriously, wow. he is. I I mean, you just couldn't have written a character better. Or a reality. It almost seems made up. Yeah. Literally. It's it's wild. So I definitely think it's a wreck. I think people should for sure watch it. Six episodes, it's just not too much to, to dive into. All right. Finally, guys, I didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think oh. that's a bad sign. I think that's a bad sign. Uh, it was close. Barter didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier on time in the third episode. Well, I, that's because I for, I forgot that wasn't that wasn't an intentional thing. I just had. Yeah, a I know. But why did you forget? Maybe because you don't I, give yeah. a shit. I, I didn't. I forgot until today and now i'm kind of like 
Oh yeah, I should watch that. It was the best episode, if that means anything. I'm sure it's going to be great. And I just think that like when it came to Mandalorian, there was no forgetting. I was like going to (laughs) move mountains to watch Mandalorian. When it came to WandaVision, I was like, don't anyone message me all day. You know, like I need to watch. Mm -hmm. And then talking to Winter Soldier, I'm like, ooh, yeah, can't wait to get to that at some point. And so on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a negative thing. I'm just saying like it kind of puts it into perspective compared to some of the other Disney plus shows as to how good I think it is, um, which is like a must watch, like a, a hot wreck. Um, but obviously I'm not feeling it like I was some of the other things that they put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm neither am I, I'm, I watch it right away and I'm still like, meh, you know, it's, I'm not going to say much about this episode because I don't want to spoil it. You literally haven't watched it yet, but I'm getting a little tired of like plot, plot, plot to get the pieces together. So most of the episode is, is, Tracking them down. Okay, now they're in the same spot. Okay, action sequence. That doesn't make that much sense. Uh, the set pieces are kind of silly. Like, I don't know where the fuck people are coming in and out of these scenes. And then, like, they just stop and let people run away so they, they can then, oh, we better chase them again. Like, some of the set pieces are pretty poorly directed, I think. And I'll say that this, it feels, so I was having some uh, discussions with our good good friend of the pod, Tyler Winterfeld, about how drab this feels compared to the previous two shows. And it feels, he, he makes a great argument that, that it is more character driven, right? And you're, you're, you're kind of not used to that with Captain America or, you know, Falcon. It's a lot more action driven. It's a lot more, you know, high flying acrobatics and shit like that. And, and yeah. they've dialed that back significantly. So it makes it feel kind of boring and I don't hate it, but I'm not, enamored in any way yeah i think it's there's a lot there's a lot of downtime yeah like plot wise like you said there's there's a lot of like machinations going on of like trying to get everyone into this like same small area so that something can happen yeah and then it and then it happens and you're like okay that was cool but like i just had to sit through 40 minutes of that crap to just see this this eight minutes of good stuff and i'd rather see 30 minutes of good stuff and 20 of the of moving. So yep. anyway, I, that's how I feel. I agree. Okay. Anything else you guys watched? Nah. I watched some old shit, but. What'd you watch? I, I watched Beverly Hills Cop. I guarantee Eric's never seen that. Mm, no. It's so good, it's, dude. You would actually it's, think it's, it's, it's Don't a, you think he'd like it? I think he would. It's a great film. It's a great movie. Yeah, and it's so it, funny. You know how hard it is when you just haven't watched most movies? And then people are like, you just need to watch these 400 movies, and then you'll be caught. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll watch TV. I'll watch um, that. You, you might like this one, though. I, it's it's like an R-rated Eddie Murphy. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Him at his absolute height of his powers. He's so charming, so funny, just pretty good action star. It's, it's a great movie. And the action is uh, like a B, but it doesn't really matter. Like, you don't really care about that. Like, you're not like, oh, man, how did he do that? Like, nobody cares. You're just waiting um, for the next uh, hilarious one-liner from Eddie Murphy. And then Saving Private Ryan came to Netflix. And I, of course, had to watch that because it's an absolute perfect movie. And Eric, I will tell you this. I know you're not big on the uh, I don't want to see what war was really like type of movies. Yeah. Right? You're, you're not big on the, like, I, I, I don't want to see guys with their intestines hanging out. So... I watched this with a very careful eye with you in mind. Yeah. I was thinking about you. Like like the same way I would watch a Game of Thrones episode and be like, oh boy, <laughs> Eric's not going to do well at 27 minutes. Yeah. Um, but this, if you, th- there's 20 minutes at the beginning that are tough. It's, it's very difficult. 
But then it gets so good, and the story is so unbelievably well done and told. It's there, of course. There's going to be death because it's a war movie, but it's not. It's not the brutal violence that I think you're thinking of. If you could watch Band of Brothers, you can absolutely watch Saving Private Ryan. Save for like a minute and a half in total screen time of like the opening beach. Uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a movie that you should pick up. And as a historian and a his, like a history teacher, I think this movie would be important for you to watch. What is better? Um, what was that movie you had me watch last year? So you were like, you have to watch it. It's so good. Mm. Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. What's better, Saving Private Ryan or Gladiator? God, that's insane I mean, they're, to ask. They're on the same plane, but I would, for me, I would say Saving Private Ryan is like one point better. Yeah. One point better on the Rotten Tomato scale, but I just, agree. but not by much. You both I agree. agree? Yeah. It's, oh dude, it's brilliant. It's one of the best oh. movies of all time. That's crazy. All right, guys. And it's, it's got a young Matt Damon, baby. Is there any other, like him because you're in the board. Was there any others for you, uh, Ryan? No, that was it. Okay. All right, guys. Well. Just a couple fun ones. Um, I would just say. Oh. What is that? It's time for, oh my God, that's Jason Bourne rewatch. Well delivered again. I don't know. It's a Moby song. That's the theme song for Jason Bourne. No, I don't think it is. I think it's some oh. random shit you found on YouTube again, but that's No, cool. I found it. It's called the Jason Bourne theme song by Moby. Okay. Called Extreme right. Dance from Jason I Bourne. Um, I think it was like a remix of the original song. But anyways. Yeah, that was not in the original song. No, that was not. I think that was made for the most recent Bourne movie. But we watched the Bourne Supremacy. And I would say that the worst part about the Bourne movies is the name. Because I couldn't tell you. I've watched them many times, including two of them very recently. And I don't know the names of any of them. What does supremacy have anything to do with it? Because he's supreme at spy shit? What's the first one? Legacy? Identity. Identity. Wow, see, I just watched it, don't even know. Is there a legacy? Identity? Like, well, so, you know, no, they're, they're, they're stuck supremacy, with what the author did. Ultimatum. Right? I mean, so blame Robert Ludlum. Yeah, those he, are the names. You know, that, it's, not the, it's not the studio's fault that he had a shitty, stupid name that didn't make any sense. I think it's cool. I think it's cooler than, I mean, it, it is hard to remember which one's which. But I think it's, at the time, it was like, it seemed cool. Like, instead of Born 2, you know, Born 3, that's kind of boring. But oh, hey, I, this movie, you guys, better than the last one. I think so. I really liked the first one, and I think this one was better. Um, I thought that, like, the opening scene with the car chase and then the uh, eventual death of his girlfriend going off the bridge um, was really cool. I mean, we all cheered. It was a big moment, big victory moment for viewers, I think, when she ate shit because she was almost wrecked the first movie. I I don't disagree at all. And I think it was not only important for like you said, the viewers, but also important for the character Jason Bourne himself. Right. He was mad in this one. He was real mad. Now, Yeah, now he's not safe. Now he's very defensive. Now he's like, he's not relaxed in any way. And I think that makes him a more versatile and dangerous character on screen. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this has to do with that guy who was in the ring, right? What? Like, 
the guy he was in the ring he was in super troopers brian cox yeah yeah Brad. stone guy yeah, yeah. The a, lot guy. Him, a lot of him he's great in this he's so great in it uh, i mean he's a great actor he is awesome mm-hmm. and Fantastic. boy is he unlikable in this like he does such a good job being a hateable character it's like joaquin phoenix and gladiator almost level of of just being like despicable motherfucker yeah agreed so he gets um pretty much he figures out that he's been framed uh for i don't know some kind of attack on american intelligence um are you talking about jason Bourne here yes yeah okay he has these weird flashbacks of something that happens in a hotel room, some kind of mission that he carried out. And so the whole movie is him kind of trying to piece together what exactly he did in this hotel room and how it all connects to um, this thing that he's been framed for. Uh, there's a bunch of money that's gone missing. And I thought, like, as you started to piece this together, as they're chasing him, as he goes to that hotel, eventually he mm-hmm. goes into the room. He starts to remember that he assassinated this this politician and his innocent wife. Um, they come there and he's he's got to escape the hotel um and then you get the guy from the cia who finds um where they originally like shut the power off and he's like yeah this wouldn't make sense jason Bourne wouldn't have done this and then you get the scene where he gets stabbed by brian cox's character yeah that, that was just such a great part of the movie like that turn right there i had completely forgotten that happened mm-hmm. and so watching that part back, I was like, wow, like this is just fantastic. Now, the other thing is, is like the Bourne movies kind of blend together to me, kind of like, um, kind of like the Mission Impossible movies were like, totally. I kind of just remember them as one big long movie. Yeah, it's just and, one, one huge swath of film. And everything kind of blends together and the details of it blend together. So when I go back and watch them individually, I'm like, oh, I really thought he was going to go to the train station. And but he did, you know. And so I think that the one I like best is actually the next one. Um, but I thought this one was really good. Um, I don't remember the, the woman's name who's running the department now. Pamela Landy, right? Pamela Mandy, yeah. Yeah, so I thought she was really good as well. And I thought, like, his phone calls to her become so fun. Like, his ability to kind of like sneakily um taunt the cia uh is just awesome like i love it and i think that he really grows into this born character in this second movie um a lot more than he was even in the first one well maybe that's where the supremacy comes from right because in the first one he's just trying to figure out who he is and then in the second one he starts like sort of starts to embrace who he is and now he's starting to get the upper hand on the people that are, you know, coming after him or trying to track him down or, you know, whatever. I forgot that Brian Cox offs himself though. Yeah. That was a big shock to me because I thought they were setting him up to be sort of the ultimate villain in the next movie. And I don't, now I don't even know what the hell happens in the next movie. Because it kind of more, but yeah, it kind of wrapped it up pretty well. I mean, like, I don't know, I guess we'll see because we're going to watch it next week. But I mean, Jason, like Jason Bourne in these, or this film went, like kind of off script, if you will, in what like agents, you know, should do. Like he, he tried to, he, he kind of kidnapped Nikki, who was someone who was like kind of in his court and like literally threatened her. Um, scared the shit out of him. I mean, he was absolutely really scary and intense in that scene. And I, I said this off pod to Jimbo, but like the car chase in identity was like cute. You know, it was a cute little appetizer. And then the car chase at the end of Supremacy was an absolute fucking just amazing long set piece that they did. And that was sort of for real, you know, like, oh, we're trying to escape the Zurich 
police on their little motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And now it's like Carl Urban with like a Mercedes SUV shooting at him, you know, for real. Um, kind of the stakes were raised significantly. And I really appreciated that because it was very scary. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll say about this movie, and I, I commented it as I was watching the first half, I have never seen so many white people in a movie since, <laughs> I was going to say since Mighty Ducks, but at least they had a, they had a brown kid. I mean, th- go look at the IMDb page. Every named had- character, there's 15 named characters, all white people. I mean, I just, it's so interesting. Maybe that's like the vibe they were going for, but I was just surprised, but yeah. Um, so this, you get, uh, he, so you have the whole scene where he catches, um, I can't think of the guy who kills himself. We keep calling him by his actual Ward is Ward Ward. So or, or director Abbott, I guess. Abbott. So, yep. So he, he catches him. Um, you know, he shows up there with the gun to his head. He gets him to make the confession on the tape. He gets the tape to Landy proving his innocence. And then after he opts himself, you get, um, you know, Landy talks to Bourne on the phone and he asks why they're still looking for him. And she thanks him for supplying the tape and says that the matter is settled. Um, And then she says uh, that she's sorry and that his real name is David Webb. And she says, why don't you come in and we can tell you the rest of this. We can tell you everything else about yourself. And then he just says he can't do that and that she should get some rest because she looks tired. And then... As he's looking at her through the scope of a sniper rifle. Oh, those scenes are so great. Like, I, I, you know, I love when he has to make an escape or he's kind of, you know, he's kind of got his back to the ropes and he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I like the scenes when he is a step ahead of the intelligence agency the most. Yeah. Like, those scenes are... goes on the offensive, it's always thrilling. Oh, it's really thrilling. And he... He is so perfect in those moments. I mean, that's where Matt Damon really shines in this role. And so I really like that. And I thought that was great. And I think like the the fun between Landy and Bourne is is um, just getting started. And I really uh, appreciate their kind of strange relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, we, you know, I think on this podcast, we've lambasted, rightfully so, movies that do like quick cuts, like quick jump cuts, and they move things quickly and you don't really know what's going on. And Bourne... The Bourne franchise sort of created those or created that trend, if you will. Shaky but cam. They, well, not just the shaky cam, but like quick scene Jason and then he grabs Nikki and then they walk into a crowded, you know, thing. Like, and all of that happens on screen in like less than three seconds. And that's a lot of quick cuts on the film. But this, it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel unrealistic. It doesn't feel like you're jumping in time, you know, with characters as they sort of move through the scenes it all feels well rehearsed and well done and I, I it's one of the things that i've noticed that i really appreciated about the way that these films have been done with paul greengrass yeah in being able to make things that need to move quickly feel like it's happening in real time even though there's like four cuts between jason on the tram to grabbing nikki to getting her out of the tram and then into a crowd Right. That that was all like, you know, seven different camera shots, but it felt very seamless. And I really appreciate the way that they did that. Yeah, it's really, really tight action directing and all those cuts. You can follow along, but it, it ramps up the tension. Agreed. I like this movie significantly more than the, the first one. When I watch the I first one, I'm like, why are these movies so revered? Like, why do people still refer to them? Um, and now I get it. Now I get it. This was a much, much better movie. I think I would say the first one was like an 80 and this one was like a 90. Like, it's a big difference. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would. I thought I was going to dislike, based on my memory, I thought I was going to dislike supremacy more than identity. But I feel like it was significantly better. Mm-hmm. A little bit complicated with like the Russians and the plot was a little convoluted. Um, it almost doesn't matter that much, you know. You know the broad strokes anyway. So, but yeah, how about how about the magazine and the toaster? I yeah. just love that. Every, every time I see that, I'm like, God, well, that, I would never think he of rolls that. Rolls up the magazine, starts beating the dude's ass with it first. Yeah. yeah. So just yeah, so you guys yeah. know, The Born Identity got an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. This one, The Born Supremacy, got an 82. And next week's The Born Ultimatum, my favorite of them by by a lot, mm. got a 92. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Three is like a just awesome movie. So, I so for anybody wait. for anybody listening, we need to figure out these rewatches because when we start the fucking rewatches, they're all streaming free. And then by the next week, they're nowhere to be found. So we have rented these last two movies. I don't think we're going to continue on trying to rent Jason Bourne or anything. We can talk about it, but I don't think so. I think that this is the three seminal movies. This is what people want from Jason Bourne. Um, And yeah, I'm excited for the next one. We are going to rent it. I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, So yeah, we're heading into the Bourne Ultimatum. There's only one thing to do. That's the song. That's the song. Okay. There it is. Good work. You got it. Yeah, it's Moby. All right, guys. Last thing. That, that was that's the that's the music that plays when he's like, damn, you look tired. You should get more sleep. And then it goes, Dream. Love it. Um, all right, finally here. Uh Jim, we have a new segment. Yes. Do you want to We're debuting a new segment next week? So this is it's mostly because it rhymes. The st- the segment, are you guys ready? Is called Streamer or Steamer. Isn't that great? How does how well does Love that work? It. And I think what Perfect. we're all going to watch our assignment beyond we're going to watch Jason Bourne, obviously, or uh, Bourne Ultimatum. We're also going to try to go watch New Mutants on HBO Max. I have a feeling which one <laughs> this is going to be, but we're all going to watch it and we're going to come back in and we're going to say, hey, you guys should steam. This is a steamer. Avoid it. Or this is a streamer. Go check it out. Um, and so that that's, you know, the birth of a new segment for us will be starting next week. And is it mostly going to be movies that are like straight to streaming services? I think it'll be stuff that that dropped onto streaming recently, right? So like we're not going to go back and dig something up and do it like that's more of a of like a rewatch segment. This is like all right, this shit dropped. Should anybody watch it? We could have done it with Kong, right? We all watched Kong. So we're going to organize it and that way we all three will watch the same movie so we can talk about it. Well, and it's and it's also it's also not intended to be like um the you know, if like uh, we all decided to stream, um, oh my God, the Black Widow. Like we we know that's a stream it, right? This is well, something that yeah. would be like, but yeah, but this this is something that would be edge. like on on the periphery, right? Yeah. Are you are, did you did you scroll past it? Did you look at it for a second? Did you scroll past it? Well, we'll do the homework for you and let you know. There it is, exactly, perfect. Yep. Okay, would you guys say uh, steamer or streamer for uh, Kong versus Godzilla last week? That's a streamer. That's a streamer. I thought it was a streamer too. It was yeah. pretty, yeah. it was pretty bad, but like it was a lot of fun. It doesn't. Yeah. And the thing is, like, yeah. it has to be really bad for I think for it to be a steamer because it's literally like is, we're not asking is it the greatest movie ever? It's just no. is it worth watching? Was it a no. good time to watch? Did you, yep. did you regret watching it, or was it a good time? Exactly. Here, yep. Here's here's the, here's how you the, the denomination will work. If it's a movie that's in the conversation, 
that we want everyone to watch, it's going to be part of the hot rex segment. Exactly. If, yeah. we're, if we're even putting it in the steamer or streamer category, that means it's a 50-50 chance that it's going to suck. We maybe we might not finish these movies. <laughs> we might watch 45 minutes of it and be like, steamer, done. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Can't Flushed wait. It. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Check out our sports cast that comes out this week as well. We got lots to talk about with the Timberwolves. Uh, looking like they're going to come under some new ownership. So check that out. It'll be a great episode. Woo-hoo. Until yeah. then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast. Yeah.